Welcome to Out of Zion with Susan Michael, an exploration of the Bible and the land of Israel. From ancient biblical sites to the story behind the stories, join Susan on a journey through the most exciting book on the planet. Hit the subscribe button for future episodes, which will deepen your faith and bring the Bible to life. And now, here's our host, Susan Michael. Well, hey there, and welcome. This is week one of the Walk Through the Bible series. This week, we're going to be covering Genesis 1 through 11 and the story beginning of uh, the beginning of the story of Abraham. Now, this is found in your daily Bible, pages 1 through 39. So let's get started. We have a lot to cover today, and my goal is that each week we keep this podcast to about 20 minutes. Today, I'm not going to make it. There is so much to cover, so give me a few extra minutes this week. But we cover Genesis 1 through 11, which in itself is so rich and so full of stories. But then to begin the story of Abraham, we can't gloss over any of this. So please stick with me just a few extra minutes this week. Now, we start with creation. As uh, you know, there's a lot of debate about the biblical account of creation. I'm not about to get into all of that. We would need a whole uh, an hour together at least to get into some of the different theories of creationism, evolutionism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just want to make this point that the Bible is not a science book. It wasn't written by scientists. It's a storybook. It's telling the story of creation. Now, it's my personal opinion that one day all of science is actually going to line up and verify the account that we have in the Bible. But uh, for today, I'll just say that uh, keep in mind, it wasn't written by scientists or or with a science uh, perspective in mind, but to tell a story. Um, There are theories, and as we know in our schools, there's a battle against uh, the creationism version of the story of creation versus evolution, and and they like to portray it that science is behind the theory of evolution, and it's not behind the story of creationism. And I beg to differ because I think there's a lot of gaps in the evolutionary Darwin Darwinian theory. Like I said, we're not going to go there today, but I am going to uh, bring out one very interesting point. And this is, you know, science itself is evolving. And um, science takes interpretation, which a lot of times it's the, uh, the mindset of the person interpreting it, what they want science to prove. And um, there's a whole new area of study in science in our lifetime called uh, the genome. Uh, they're studying the genetic makeup of the body. And through the study of genes, they have come to a very, very interesting conclusion. And I'm going to read to you a few sentences out of uh, the book called Floodgates. And I'm going to uh, 
link to this in the show notes as a great resource if you want more information about the creation, about the flood story. Uh, it goes into a whole lot more than that, but in the beginning of the book, it covers the story of, of Noah and the flood. But here's a really interesting piece of information. It says, research into the human genome has revealed some startling new facts about the human race. Recent DNA analysis, which they didn't do 200 years ago, um, indicates that our race is extremely young, rather than the product of millions of years of evolutionary change. And they've come up with a term of mitochondrial DNA. And what this is, it, is, it says they're coming to the conclusion that all humans came from one woman dubbed mitochondrial Eve, a mere 6,000 years ago, just as the Bible says. Um, they've also studied the Y chromosome in men. It says that both studies found that all humans can trace their ancestry back to at least one of three males who lived about 5,000 years ago. So this means we all come from my, mitochondrial Eve, one woman 6,000 years ago, but then we also all come from one of three men from 5,000 years ago. Some scholars call this the Noah's Ark theory in reference to Noah's three sons, the survivors of the flood. Thus, both male and female chromosomes tend to corroborate the biblical accounts of man's origins and the flood. Interesting stuff. If you're interested in knowing more, um, I link to floodgates later on. Let's keep moving. So that's um, creation coming from uh, Adam and Eve. And then, of course, we have uh, the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And uh, I want to say this was God's will for men that we live in a state of innocence and that we live in fellowship with him and that we live in enjoying the creation around us. Due to sin and the disobedience of man, we lost all of that. But God's goal is that we would come back to that point of innocence before him, of walking in fellowship with him and enjoying uh, the creation. Um, but of course, uh, man falls into sin and we lose it all. And then we have the story of this uh, global flood and the ark that Noah built. Scientists will tell you that there's no evidence of a global flood. However, there is evidence. It depends on how you're going to read that evidence. And once again, the book Floodgates goes into some of that. Um, but I'm going to keep moving through what we're reading this week. So after the flood, and we have the survival of Noah and his three sons, and then we have the beginning of a genealogy uh, from them. Um, then we have the story of the Tower of Babel, which uh, was that man was building this tower to the heavens, and God confused their language. And this is known as the beginning of the dispersion of humankind and the beginning of the creation of nations 
and people groups. But I want to take a minute here just to point out that the story of the building of this tower is actually quite consistent with archaeological finds from the time. So during this time of Genesis 1 through 11, it's sort of what we call prehistory history. It's, it's ancient history before things were being written down. There's just not a lot of evidence to go by here, but there are some archaeological finds. And what we do know is that there were two great uh, centers of civilization. And one was in Mesopotamia because of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. You had to have water to live. But the other uh, center of civilization was down in Egypt along the Nile Valley. So you have Egypt and you have Mesopotamia, and that's where civilization is really growing and advancing and cities are starting up. Well, in Egypt, they began building pyramids in honor of the deceased kings, but it was a way of building some kind of mediation between heaven and earth on behalf of this king. In Mesopotamia, they were building a tower to go up to heaven um, in honor of the gods. And it was in a way to provide a stairway uh, for man and gods uh, to meet. And they were called a ziggurat. Um, and there are 32 uncovered uh, known ziggurats in the area, and it was like a pyramid, a pyramid shape, but it was different from the pyramids of Egypt in that it would go up a little and then there would be a plateau. And then on that plateau, they would build again and then they would plateau. So it was a series of platforms. So the top platform wasn't a peak. Um, it was a flat surface. So uh, this story of Babylon is actually very in keeping with what was being done in that day. So um, that's kind of our quick little run through of Genesis 1 through 11, where we've seen the creation of man in a state of innocence, but his fall into sin. And he falls deeper and deeper into sin, so bad that God actually decides to wipe out mankind. There seems to be some kind of of joining spiritual uncleanliness here with man, and 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 uh, and so he just he wipes them out with his flood. But then he says that he will never do that again. And yet, man man keeps falling into idolatry and going after other gods and and building these platforms to reach the gods and and things that just were in defiance of the God um, of the universe. And then we start in Genesis 12, and this is known as the watershed moment in the whole Bible, because from here, from Genesis 12, the story begins that you follow through the rest of the Bible, and it begins with the man named Abram, who God chose, and he chose Abram to start a nation through whom God was going to redeem the world. The only thing it required is that Abram get up and leave his inheritance and leave his father's family, leave it all behind, and follow God to a land that he would show him. And we all know that Abram did that. 
And so he leaves um, his family home and his inheritance, and he follows the Lord to the land of Canaan. Now, um, the covenant that God creates with Abram is, as I said, the goal is that it's going to bring redemption to the world. It says that all the families of the earth would be blessed. It's the Apostle Paul who said that verse was referring to redemption through Christ Jesus. And if you want to know more about the Abrahamic covenant, we're going to link in our show notes to a little booklet. It's a one-hour read. It's really easy to read called The Basis of Christian Support for Israel. But the basis for Christian support for Israel is actually understanding the Abrahamic covenant. And so this little booklet will tell you more about the Abrahamic covenant. I also covered it in the 3D Bible series in more than once, um, but I recommend you get this little booklet if you want to understand more because it's the Abrahamic covenant that brings redemption to the world, that brought Jesus to the world, that you and I are grafted in through the Abrahamic covenant. So it's so important that we understand that. But here in the story that we're reading this week, um, after God tells Abram that he's going to do this, and Abraham then comes to the land of Canaan, and what happens, but there's famine in the land of Canaan. And so we have this interesting story where Abram goes to Egypt for food, and he ends up lying and saying that his beautiful wife is his sister and not his wife, and God has to rebuke him for this. Um, but he leads, he leaves Egypt and comes back to the land of Canaan. Now, once again, this story is very, very common. If you lived in the land of Canaan, and there was a famine. There was nowhere to go but either Egypt or Mesopotamia. That's where all the people were, where the food was, and that's where you had to go. And so Abraham sojourned on down uh, into Egypt. He comes back, and he and Lot then have to make a decision. He's got his nephew with him, Lot. They uh, have too, too much cattle. They've gotten too wealthy. Their herdsmen are struggling with each other. There's not enough space. And so he gives Lot his choice. Where do you want to go? And Lot, of course, chose the very, very lush land of the Jordan Valley. So he goes down into that lush area, which includes um, the more dry area of the Dead Sea and ends up living in um, Sodom. We... Um, there's a war, and the inhabitants of Sodom are taken uh, into exile, you could say. They're abducted, and Lot was one of those that was abducted and taken way up north of Damascus. And so Abraham rallies his men, and he goes after them. And I, I want to take just a minute here. I want you to listen to this, because in Genesis 14... Uh, I think verse 13 or 14, it says that Abraham went as far as Dan. Now, when this was being written, 
uh, the city was called Dan. But in the days of Abraham, when Abraham actually went up north as far as this northern city of Dan, it was called Laish in, in uh, Abraham's time. And it says that during the night, Abraham reorganized his men. And then they, the next day, they went on farther north past Damascus, and they retrieved Lot, and they defeated these kings. Why is this such an important story? Because today, when you go to Israel with me, we're going to go to that ancient city of Laish, and I'm going to show you a mud brick um, entrance into the city, a gateway into the city that has been uncovered. We call it Abraham's gate because it's so highly likely that Abraham entered that gate and spent the night inside the city that night. If not, he for sure went inside the city for supplies. Um, and so we call it Abraham's gate. It's amazing. You can see the steps going up to the gate. It's the oldest archway gate um, that they have found in Israel. You see it all boarded up today. It's filled in with uh, mid mud bricks uh, to keep it up. But in those days, it was an open gate that Abraham would have entered. A 4,000-year-old gate at that city that it says Abraham went to. Now, after Abraham defeats the kings, he has Lot, he heads back down south, and then we have another really interesting story that uh, the king of, of Sodom comes out and actually uh, thanks Abraham for what he's done. And then the king of Salem comes out of the city of Salem, and more than likely, this is the ancient city of Jerusalem because uh, Yair, Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim means Yair Shalom. So it's the city of peace. So the city of Salem, Shalem, Shalom, um, the king was named Melchizedek, and it says that he was a priest to the Most High God. And he comes out and he blesses Abraham. And so Abraham then gives a tithe of everything to Melchizedek. So Abraham is recognizing the kingly and priestly role of this man to the God of Abraham, to the Most High God. Well, it just so happens that today, in Jerusalem, where the archaeologists are, have been digging down, farther and farther down, into the Canaanite level of the city of Jerusalem. It's all underground, but you can go there and you can see stones of the Canaanite time of Jerusalem. And then you, you can see the stones of the Israelite time and the, the Nehemiah wall. And the, you can see these various stones of the different strata of history of Jerusalem, but going all the way down to that initial Canaanite city of Jerusalem, they have found what looks to be an altar to the Most High God. Now, how do we know that? Because pagan altars were built in certain ways and in certain places in the city. This was not built in that way. Instead, it was built for animal sacrifice, 
You can see where the animals were skinned and the blood was drained. You can see where the supplies were kept. You can see a stone that was often used as a marker, as a place where they met with the God of the universe, the Most High God, and you can see that stone there. So the archaeologist that uncovered this is convinced that this is the altar of Melchizedek in the ancient city of Salem. Is that not amazing? So you've got to go with me so we can see these things. After the story of uh, Abraham and Melchizedek, then we have the years are going by and Abraham says, God, you know, you promised me a nation and that it would be a blessing to all the families of the earth, but I don't see anything happening. And so God confirms the covenant with Abraham and he gives him a sign of the covenant and the sign is circumcision. And so from then on out throughout the Bible, circumcision is a part of the rite of the Jewish people because it is a sign of God's covenant with Abraham. And he promises him that Sarah is going to have a son. And it's at this point that Abraham says, oh, but God, may it be Ishmael, you know, and, and he he um, has the son Ishmael and Ishmael's now approaching 13 years old, and God says, no, it's going to be from Sarah. That's going to be the appointed line. That's who I'm going to confirm the covenant with. But don't worry, I will bless Ishmael. And then the final story that we read this week is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And of course, we know the sins were just mounting up in in this area of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot was there and Abraham pled with God to save the city. Uh, But finally, destruction comes and it says that God rained down burning sulfur on the city. Well, Archaeologists have looked for any kind of evidence that any such thing may have happened. And what they have found is evidence throughout the area of a major earthquake uh, accompanied by burning. So uh, maybe that was it. We don't know. But it's very interesting that there is a certain archaeological site there. They call it Tel El Haman. And um, it was of a town that grew quite large, and it had very high walls around it. And so this was a a well-known community. It was there for many, many years. And it seems that it was destroyed by some kind of fire. And you can see down in the bottom of the archaeological tell the remains of this. But the archaeologists have decided that there was some kind of a meteor burst or a meteorite uh, that fell that fell there. Now, isn't that interesting? Could that not be what the Bible was describing? And it brought destruction. You might say, well, yeah, but there's a natural explanation for a meteor, okay? At that exact time in history, that's when you know God is orchestrating the story He is behind all of this, and his ways are so true. So that ends our reading uh, for this week. We read 
the story of the fall of mankind into sin in Genesis 1 through 11, and then God's plan to redeem mankind and to bring us out of our sin, beginning in Genesis 12 with the man named Abram. So I want uh, to remind you, go down in the show notes below where it says uh, read more or see more. Click, we've got links for you there to, um, to purchase the book called Floodgates, which it goes into a lot of the scientific studies um, that relate to creation and the flood story and lots of related uh, subjects to that. We also are linking to uh, this little booklet, The uh, Bases of Christian Support for Israel, to study more about the Abrahamic Covenant and what God was initiating with Abraham in this story. And if you haven't bought it yet, please pick up your copy of the Daily Bible so that each week you can read through with us. The Daily Bible is actually uh, has 365 daily readings. You'll see that the Bible uh, starts, they date the readings beginning January 1. We're beginning on February 1. You can begin any day of the year by using our reading plan that goes along with the daily Bible. We want to encourage people to read the Bible. Start reading it any time of the year. Don't feel like you have to wait for January 1. So that finishes our first week of Walk Through the Bible. I'll see you back here next week when we'll be talking about our reading for next week. So see you back then. God bless.